Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us. Episode number two. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, on today's episode, we've got a really exciting guest. But before we get into that, we wanted to. Um, chat to you guys about a recent campaign that we've both been involved in. We're both super excited to be a part of it. We're both very passionate about the cause. Um, basically, we are part of the 11th annual white shirt campaign for Witchery. Um, and basically, Witchery partner up with Ovarian Cancer Research Foundation each year to raise money um, to go towards, you know, research and, and the foundation itself because there's some quite scary facts on ovarian cancer, which we have obviously learnt from being a part of the campaign. There's something that was really alarming to us is that there is no early detection test for ovarian cancer. No non-invasive. Yes, and there is actually no non... There's no early detection test at all. The symptoms for ovarian cancer are bloating and fatigue, Mm. which are such general symptoms. It's so hard to tell. Mm. And so what Seven I thought was that a pap smear actually tested you for ovarian cancer, Mm. but that's not. That's only for cervical cancer. So there is no test. Like for breast cancer, there's a mammogram, and then there's a pap smear for cervical cancer, but ovarian cancer doesn't have that. Mm. And unfortunately, it means that 70% of people that are diagnosed with ovarian cancer don't live longer than five years after their diagnosis because it is so hard to treat if it is not detected early. Yeah, so which is why we were so um, obviously jumping on board for this kind of campaign and why we wanted to quickly chat to you guys about it today. We understand some of you might want to get involved or support the cause in any way and just so you know, everybody can. From the 11th of April, all proceeds from white shirt sales from Witchery, either in-store or online, will go to the campaign to um, to basically go right into that research so that we can make sure that we can one day have uh, an early detection test. Um, so, yeah, we'd greatly appreciate um, anyone's support and we're very, very proud to be a part of it. And they have got some beautiful styles. So make sure you do go and grab your white shirt. It is a staple in everyone's wardrobe. And 100% of the gross profits does go towards the foundation. So it is such a good cause to get behind. Yeah. Um, Another person or a good cause to get behind is our good friend Jade. So this is who we've got on today for our first guest podcast. Jade, if you don't know who she is, you might actually think her name is Jade. It's an <laughs> quite a common mistake she's told me. Um, basically, she's huge on Instagram. She's got a YouTube channel as well. She's got 341,000 followers on her uh, account, Jade, and then she's got another account, which we'll be chatting to her about today, which is called The Real Jade, and she's got about 138 thousand followers on there as well so she's very well known on the online community for so many good reasons and we can't wait to get into this chat and we really hope you guys enjoy it hello hi (laughs) thanks for having me no well thanks for coming on (laughs) and um you are actually our first guest so thank you for being our first guest. Love that. You're welcome. Pleasure. Um, and thanks for letting us sit up in your little humble abode as well. <laughs> we are on the floor in my living room. That's what's happening. <laughs> We're starting from the bottom. <laughs> we'll see where we get to. Um, but we wanted to have you on because we love you. Um, you're not just a close friend. 
but we also love what you're about and we feel like Mm -hmm. you are very much the influence that we feel um, more people need to be like. Mm -hmm. So I thank you for everything that you do. Thanks, Steph. Um, Something that we would like to start with, which we're going to actually do with every guest we have on, is to just go over some quick fire questions that um, might help people kind of get to know you a little bit, but also... um, I don't know, kind of warm up for the rest of the talk. (laughs) So first of all, give us three facts about yourself. Okay. I'm hilarious, (laughs) really modest. Yep. And (laughs) I like painting. You do? Yes. (laughs) And I love your paintings. This is my most recent artwork. It's beautiful. So not finished. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. No, it's gorgeous. Um, okay, so they're your three facts? Oh, uh, yeah. Fantastic. I really feel like they really round you off quite well. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, most pivotal moment in your career? Thus far. At the top of your head. Um, it, it's probably going to have to be when I left my last job and started working for myself because that's really when I started doing what I'm doing full time and kind of built it into more of a career instead of a hobby on the side. Amazing. That's awesome. We, I, feel, I feel like we could agree with that as well. Um, and then what about looking into the future? What's the very first goal that kind of pops to your mind? I'd like to start a business mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I've got all these ideas floating around in my head, but I want to make sure that I'm really passionate about it before right. I just dive into something because otherwise it won't be successful. So pending. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. No, that's fine. Um, I have all the faith in the world that whatever you decide to dive into will go well. Um, but I think it's good that you're waiting to be super passionate about something. I know it's probably very common that a lot of people dive into something just because they feel like they have to yeah. be doing something and yeah. then it, they might not actually be that passionate about it. So yeah. very admirable <laughs> view. So one reason and probably the biggest reason that, that we love you is that you are so real. Um, and for those who don't already know, you do have two accounts. Yes. One being uh, the real Jade and then Jade Tunchi. So can you tell people, I suppose, what made you feel like you needed to create two accounts? Because I do know that even when you had the one account, you were always quite relatable. It might have just been through the stories, but you've, you've always been a bit of a comedian um, <laughs> and you do show that realer side. Why the second account and when did, when did you actually do that? When? So I think it might have been like a, a year and a half. Yeah. Closer, yeah, close to a year and a half now. Um, no. I feel like you were one of the first that I saw to do it though. So Definitely. Yeah, so I hadn't seen any others myself, but once I created it, I had a few people being like, oh, it's a thin star. I don't apparently that's a word. Like a thing. Um, yeah, a lot of Americans have second uh-huh. accounts from what I saw. So I, didn't see, I hadn't seen any and then I was shown a few afterwards. Um, but the reason that... I started it was, as you were saying, I've kind of always had this comedy side. It used to be on Snapchat. So mm. that's where it kind of okay. sprouted. Yeah. Um, and then when stories came on to Instagram, I started doing it there. And then I was like, I found myself, I found I was stopping myself from posting certain things because I started kind of posting a bit, um, you know, I obviously do a lot of fashion and mm. travel. And like, I found it was weird to mix the two at certain points. Um, so I wanted to keep one page for that kind of like, you know, nicer content that I enjoy producing creatively. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
create the whole other account so that I could post whatever I wanted yeah. without feeling like, oh, but like what if a client who, who doesn't really align themselves with that branding sees it and doesn't really want to work with me, mm. you know, um, which is completely fair enough. I understand yeah. that brands have different markets, target markets. I mean, not even brands. I feel like um, you're following. Some people can follow you for different yeah. reasons. You might have yeah. followers that purely just yes. love your fashion sense yeah. um, and don't, they don't, they might not use Instagram in, a, in yeah. an inspirational way of personality per se. So it's, it's nice that you have both. Yeah. And the, the other reason was, um, was that I obviously wanted to show a more real side to Instagram and that yeah. whole, you know, filtered lifestyle that we all kind of have been a part of over the past few years. And I thought it was important for me to start um, expressing myself um, in a more like natural way and like showing people the other side of life. And like, um, I'm a really emotional person. Like, I don't know if everyone knows that about me, but like I cry a lot. (laughs) um, I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I'm sad. Like Mm. I cry when I'm angry. Like I'm just a big crier. And I'm like, people don't know anything about me really. And I wanted to show more of that. So like, I've got really raw photos of myself being like really emotional and like talking about days that I've had that are really shit or just like a photo of me where I don't necessarily look how I would on my other account. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, those were the two main reasons why I started the account. Did you feel like the response was really positive though? Yeah. Um, yeah, it always has been. I think people really um, took to it because it was different and like people loved seeing that other side, like, oh, all these people that we follow who are like perfect all the time are actually normal people. Like they really didn't get that until people started slipping all this like realness in. So um, it definitely got a really great response um, sometimes it actually, the engagement's better than my mm. main account and it's got half the followers, I think. So, yeah. And do you find now you don't need to build up as much courage to post those kind of real photos? Because I find personally when I first started posting it, I was so scared to post anything that yeah. was super real because I thought, oh, you know, a client might see this or yes. will people think I'm... I think the hardest thing for us has been trying to post, and I'm sure you go through it too, is we want to post those emotional days, but at the same time, sometimes I post something like, oh, I, I record a story. I'm like, I'm really sad today and I'm not feeling well. I've just had a really down day. And then I'll go and delete it because I'm like, I'm complaining and I'm so lucky to live my life. So how do you go about putting that kind of the bad sides of your life up? Yeah, I totally get that. I think in the beginning it was a little bit daunting, mm-hmm. um, but um I guess for me, I like to look at everything with a sense of humour and, like, I've kind of done that since. I used to get bullied when I was a kid and um, it it really got to me and it got to a point where I was like, what do I do? Like, I just – and I just remember having this conversation with my dad and he was like, you've got to learn to laugh. Like, you've just got to learn to laugh at them and don't give bullies the power of letting – like letting them know that it's affected you. So I started laughing at everything Mm. and I started picking fun at myself and like looking at things a bit more lightheartedly. And I'm not saying I put myself down. I'm just saying that it's very easy to go, ha ha, to someone who's trying to say something crappy to you instead of being like, no, you suck. Like (laughs) letting it really get to you and trying to get them back, you know, or so when I, when I started posting that kind of content, I, felt I, I wasn't as scared because I, I 
I don't find things as offensive as I could, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm not as concerned as I could be, but um, there were a few, I do remember a few photos that I posted and I did really hesitate being like, oh, really crap in this one. Like, yeah. I know I post crap photos, but this one's really crap. <laughs> like when you're, when I'm trying to look hot and it's not working, that those are the ones that, that are like, mm, I tried really hard for this one <laughs> and it just didn't work out. Um, so I, I remember hesitating on those ones and then I was like, nah, bite the bullet, do it. Like those are the ones that matter the most. And um, I, I've never really regretted a post. So, yeah. That's amazing. And do you find the pressure on your other account? That's what I Mm. always think about with you. So now you have this Mm. real account, but because you put yourself in this position where you're such a good role model for young women and showing the real side of you, do you then feel on your account that um, your normal account or whatever you want to call it, Mm. your original account, that you have to be more cautious with brands that you work with and what you post? Yeah, the thought has definitely crossed my mind, like with certain – things that I'm posting or like even yesterday someone tried to say that I was like, you post all these, they were like, you post all these great photos and make people feel shit about themselves. And I was like, what? I love the accent. (laughs) (laughs) It was a 40 year old man. No, (laughs) but I, I, I was just like, I find it a bit strange for someone to um, kind of blame me for posting photos that I mm-hmm. like where I think I look nice mm-hmm. for making other people feel bad about themselves. I don't get that connection. Yeah. I think if you're looking at photos and it's making you feel bad about yourself, that has nothing to do with that person. That yeah. person's not posting going, look at me, I'm hotter than you. <laughs> like that's not what's doing. Yeah. Um, I I think that if that's something that happens for you, then okay, you know, do your own thing, unfollow people who you don't want to follow anymore, Mm, that's mm -hmm. fine. But I don't think I'm making people, personally making people feel bad about themselves because I'm doing what I want. I just don't see the connection there. No, and I think we all naturally go to put up uh, the highlight reel. I mean, like, it's great that you have your (laughs) other account where you you do show the other stuff, but naturally, um, whether we're putting up a photo with our girlfriends Mm. or an event or whatever, like anyone would, you yeah. pick your favorite photo yeah, of and course. you post it. Of course, so yeah. I agree with you. I don't think that doing that should then allow people to put the blame on you. Mm. But it, it, it is a hard one and I suppose that's uh, Instagram has now opened up everyone's opinions to be loud and, mm. and proud and everyone can <laughs> say whatever they feel. And I suppose going back onto the trolling side of things because yeah. your following has been growing, um, was it worse before you made that second account or was it like did people kind of once you opened up and you showed that real side respect you more mm. so for that and understand or or have you found that people are just idiots and <laughs> people are definitely in the idiots. Nicest way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no um i i've actually pretty lucky in that i haven't really received much hate since i was like 18 maybe yeah. when it was yeah, everyone was spoken, younger it was a bit easier like you've spoken about bullying in high school haven't you yeah before. yeah um so when the whole like blogging and Instagram and that's that was all fresh people didn't really take to it like mm. selfies remember everyone was like don't take selfies it's yeah weird. of course remember you're narcissistic and now if, it's become yeah. so normal if you saw someone taking a selfie in public they'd look like a mm. weirdo and yes. now it's so common there's people yep. walking around with selfie sticks and there's yep. boyfriends of Instagram and this <laughs> and that but back then it was like you're 
vain. Vain. You're vain and and weird. Yeah. And I'm gonna bully you because it's different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um it happened a lot more then and I don't really get much hate now. I yeah. mean, I think it's hard to insult someone who so often takes the piss out of themselves yeah. as well. Yeah. Like you have nothing to insult me about because I've already done it yeah. for you. <laughs> like you cannot I've never affect thought about me. it like that. Yeah, yeah. So I've posted all my worst moments, like me being emotional, worst moments I say, you mm. know, quotation marks because they're not actually bad moments. Or like me not looking great in a photo, what's someone going to do? Be like, I do occasionally get like the, you've got a big nose and I just find it hilarious. Yeah. I'm like, that's just so nothing and to me yeah, of course like I'm so unaffected by something like that I find it funny yeah. I'm like it's so funny that you're so insecure that you have to pick on something so nothing yeah. like someone's physical appearance like I just find it yeah funny now but yeah I don't get much hate however I have had people getting more and more opinionated yeah on my second account the real one yeah and they they're starting to take things a bit too seriously I'm like yeah. this page is Fully satire, like, yeah. apart from the moments where I'm like, hey, I'm having a bad day or yeah. like, hey, like feel good about yourself for these reasons, like apart from those posts. The whole page is comedy yeah, and people sure. are starting to take it seriously and they're like, that's so I have this one video I remember and it's like me in one of my alter egos being like how to like type on a computer. And I it's love like step your one. alter egos. <laughs> it's like step one, get a laptop. If you can't afford it, sorry. Like that's what I say and it's obviously a joke, a joke. and yeah. people are commenting being like, that's so mean. What if people can't buy laptops? And yeah. I'm like, that's beside the point. <laughs> Come on. But I think it's also like when you do start to, I, I suppose, try and do good and you, and you start to put yourself in um, a position of uh, I don't know, calling yourself a positive influence and everything. I know I've found people do tend to share their opinion yeah. a lot more because they're like, oh, okay, you think you're so good? Well, yeah. you're actually doing this wrong. Yes. So people, I can completely yeah. relate. Yeah. People love to tell you what you could be doing more of yeah. or what you could be doing better even when you're trying to do good things. People are just always going to have an opinion, especially on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> How do you deal with that? Because yeah. I, I and myself, we always talk about if someone offends my physical appearance, like I couldn't care any less yeah. about it. I, it I does not get to me, but yeah. I'm still personally dealing with uh, people offending or getting offended by things that I might do or brands that I might work with because I feel like you're the same. And, and so is Steph when you care so much mm, um, mm. about trying to help people when when people sometimes start to question you, I personally start to question myself. I'm like, oh my, like if someone comes to us and says, you're making women feel negatively about themselves, I'm like, oh my God, well, should we, should we even be doing this? Because, you know, that's the purpose of Keep It Cleaner and you're saying that I'm not doing that. And I find it, it's quite hard sometimes to get, snap yourself out of that. And how do you personally deal with it when, when you start to question your intentions on yeah. your account, which is fantastic? Yeah, I totally understand that. And there have definitely been times where I've, the same. I think a good tool that I have is I'm good at talking to myself internally. So I'm really good at getting in my head and having a conversation with myself. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, okay, um, you're feeling shit about this. Why? Like, mm-hmm. and then you kind of go, well, I'm feeling like I'm not doing what I think I am. And I'm feeling like I'm not, I'm not helping people the way I thought that I was. Mm-hmm. And then you, I go back to, but my intention is there and I'm doing the best that I can. And it's unfortunate that, that this one person doesn't agree with what I'm doing, but I know that plenty of other people do. And that's what you've got to remember is that you're making other people feel good about themselves. And there's always going to be someone who's like, you suck. 
Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. And, and the bigger, I feel like the more people that you influence, yeah. then it's like a high percentage yeah. chance that someone's going to come down. That's a really good way of dealing with it. But I think it's great that you can internally speak to yourself. And I feel like you are such a confident person. Um, and, and the way that you can kind of talk to yourself like that is, is really cool. But have you always had that? And uh, I suppose, did, was there stuff that you went through growing up or yeah, a couple um, years ago that made you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, huge. Um, so I actually, I was in a really bad place a few years ago and I had no self-worth and no self-esteem and I was basing everything on like what I look like and I didn't value myself properly. Um, I knew that I was like, I was always confident. I don't really know why. I've always Same. just been confident. Um, I think it might be my mum's influence. Mm-hmm. I'm my mum. She is me. <laughs> um, but um, I've just always had this confidence. Even when I was bullied, I was like, yeah, but look at me dance on stage. Like yeah. <laughs> I just came out of nowhere. But um, I have forgotten the question. <laughs> <laughs> so like... What? How you... Oh, the talking to yeah. myself. Right. So <laughs> a few years ago, I was in a really bad place. Um, basically, I was going through a breakup and I was really down on myself and I started reading this book and it's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by mm-hmm. Dr. Joe Dispenza. And it's basically, long story short, the science behind manifestation and how to do whatever you want with your life with the tools of yourself and your mind. Um, I also around the same time started seeing a therapist. Um, she is like a creative therapist. She's, so she's like an art teacher. She's a therapist. She teaches through different ways of like meditating and this and that. Like she does a whole bunch of different stuff, but, um, she taught me how to break down my emotions and go into why I'm feeling certain ways Um, and she gave me some really strong tools to do exactly that, like converse with myself in my head and like find out why I'm actually upset. So it kind of started when I was having like boy troubles. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I'm so emotional and I'm sad and I don't, I can't tell why. And she was like, okay, but like she'd, she'd go into what are you feeling? And then I'd be like angry. I'm so angry. And she'd be like, okay, why are you angry? And I'd be like, because someone did this and it upset me. And she's like, so you're sad. And I'd be like, oh, I am sad. I'm not angry. And she'd be like, anger is a mask Mm. for sadness. Anger is not an emotion. It's a secondary emotion. I think something like that. Don't quote me on this. (laughs) You will quote me on this. Don't quote me on this. (laughs) But she'd, and then she'd go down into, okay, but why are you feeling sadness? You feel like your values are being compromised. Mm. That's why you're feeling anger. So you break it all down. And I think it's so important for people to learn to understand their emotions because it helps you with everything in life, with work, with family, with friends, with situations you can't explain. At least you can understand your emotions. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. And I think that it's a really fantastic tool and it helped me. It really helped me change my life along with the book. And like I started painting and doing all these things that were great for myself. And I started feeling really good about who I was instead of being really sad about who I was. Um, but yeah, that's when it kind of started happening. That's when I started like having these little conversations with myself. And did you ever feel that social media put pressure on you as well? I know you said before that you don't compare yourself to people online and that people shouldn't, but 
did that ever contribute to your self-value or did, were you able to completely, by the time social media by the time social media came about, did you find that you had already really found who you were? Um, I think it probably did contribute to it, yeah, yeah. because in the beginning um, I, as I said earlier, was placing a lot of value on my physical appearance. Basically, when I was a kid, I was quite chubby and then I lost this weight and I thought that's what made people like me. Mm. So I've had that attachment to my mind for years of my life Mm. Um, because I went from like the big kid who got teased to like, oh, my God, she's she looks great. Like we like her now. Like, you know, kids can be brutal. Oh, yeah. Um, And sometimes, unfortunately, you just don't see these things until you're a bit older. So it took me a while to get to a point where I was like, wait. I'm so much more than how I look and I battled with like weight for a while and I had this negative attachment to food and eating and um, I never like, I never starved myself or anything, but I did see food as this like negative thing. I'd feel guilty if I ate something Mm. and anyway, um, yeah, I I just um, found that I guess I was affected by Instagram in the beginning purely because I was just, I was, (laughs) yeah, yeah. exactly. I was posting and then that was like really exciting. And then you'd get all these likes and it'd be like, cool. Gratification for your, Yes, I have spoken about this on one of my posts, just instant gratification. And it was like, I'm half naked here. Like, look how many likes I got. Amazing. (laughs) Um, But then when I went through that, that same time period of like, you know, finding myself and like figuring out who I am and like figuring out what makes me happy. That's when I started being like, there's so much more to me and, like, I started feeling better in my skin no matter how I looked. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, it all kind of happened around the same time, about maybe two and a half years ago now. And I think – and you feeling – I'm going off what you just said with feeling good in your skin. I think that's something that I really love about you. I mean, you date someone who's obviously lucky very heavily into keeping extremely fit and and watching what he eats and everything like that. But it's not like you've ever felt the pressure to – have to fall into something like that. No. You know, you've got a very great balance. You you know what works for you mm. and you're happy the way you are. And I know you've said before and um, something I totally agree with, we could all be leaner or skinnier or whatever, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be happy. Mm. Um, so do you feel like you're in a place now where you are quite happy the yeah. way you're, where you're sitting? Yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, I've started working out again, which I love, and I'm really glad I started doing that. Go keep it cleaner. <laughs> um, because I I, re- I used to really like working out, but um, then I had all these back problems and I then I started making excuses and then I just saw it as this negative thing because the gym scared me. I yeah. feel like a lot of people go through that phase as well. Um, I didn't want to be around, a, I didn't want to be in a gym and like not know what I was doing or like do something wrong and be judged. Like I was a bit scared of that. Yeah. Um, but now I feel like, I got to a place where I felt really good in my skin where I wasn't my fittest and then I started being like, okay, like now that I'm here, I feel great about myself. I'm going to start exercising because I want to be stronger. Yeah. I want to feel fitter, not I want to be as skinny as I can and like as as look as lean as I possibly could or I just wanted to feel better and that's why people exercise, you know. Um, so now I, like you said, like I feel like I've got this balance where I'm really happy about where I am now, but I also know that I like how I feel when I work out. And for me, that's really important. 
And the relationship you have with your body now obviously has improved so much, which is amazing. And Steph and I have been through very similar things. How do you talk to yourself when you wake up? And I mean, as much as we can say that we've, you know, Steph and I always say we have mainly good days, but of course there's always Mm. those days where you wake up and you just don't feel good about yourself. (laughs) How do you now speak to yourself compared to five years ago? Um. Uh, yeah, that's a big one. Um, I guess now I, I feel like I've let myself off the hook. So yeah. say five years ago, I'd really hold myself against things. Or if I didn't go to the gym, I'd feel really guilty. And if I ate this thing, I'd feel really guilty. Or, you know, there was just this like guilt hanging over me. Like I was consistently doing something wrong when really I was just living my life. Yeah. Um, but now I guess if I wake up and I don't feel like going to the gym, I just won't go and I just will remove it from my head. I'll go, okay. I'm not going to the gym today. I'm not going to feel bad about it because I don't have to go every day if I don't feel like it. And then I'll just move on and take the next day as it comes. You know, sometimes I have days where I just eat crap Mm. and I'm like, this is amazing. I'm (laughs) eating all the food and I'm like, I know this isn't good for me, but I'm not going to feel guilty about it because I'll just deal with it the next day when I'm feeling better, you know. Um, So that's how I deal with it now. Yeah. It's a great mindset. Yeah. I try. So also with your influence, um, with a massive following and and the influence that you do have comes a massive responsibility. Um, Do you enjoy having the responsibility? Do you feel the responsibility? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I don't feel it necessarily because I feel pressured to have it, but because I want to make a difference. You do enjoy it. Yeah. I think it's really amazing that we have the opportunity to say what we want Mm -hmm. and influence people in healthy ways Mm. um, and influence people with education. Mm. Um, And I think that that's really amazing. And I love that I have the ability to um, bring light to things that might not, not normally have light. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really incredible. I'd actually like to do way more than I currently am, but that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I suppose Instagram isn't always a positive place. Uh, Social media as a whole isn't always a positive place. Um, And obviously not everyone has been jumping on that kind of real bandwagon, which people have been almost saying that like it's a negative thing is in like the real bandwagon, like Mm. everyone's just doing it now. But I think it's a it's a great bandwagon to be on. And the more people to post that sort of stuff, the better. I don't think it's like anyone kind of copying each other or whatever. Mm. If everyone's becoming more real and relatable, I think that's a a good thing. Yeah. Um, And obviously without naming any names or any specific things, is there particular things that that frustrate you still when you still see them online? Um, Yeah, but I think that's always going to happen. And I think that's just the world that we live in. There's always going to be things that don't make you feel great. Um, And I do... In a perfect world, <laughs> everyone influenced about the right things. Yeah. And everyone did the right things and, you know, had a voice in the right way. But, you know, it's just, you, mm. you just got to do your bit. And what do you do if you're following someone that you, you might not fully agree with? Um, I will unfollow them. Yeah. Yeah, just simple as that. Um, I don't follow people who I don't find valuable, Mm -hmm. I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, because you've got to remember how often you're looking at this thing. I mean, Instagram, especially these days, you hop on, you scroll, I, oh my goodness. (laughs) I was on a plane the other day without Wi-Fi. I reckon I opened the app 18 times just blindly. Yeah. Like my thumb just did it on autopilot. I was like, this is not good. It really like brought my attention to it. But I mean, it makes you realise how often you're on there, especially when you look at your screen time as well. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 
Um, so it's important that you're following people who are adding value yeah. instead of removing it or making you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. But like I said, like that's not their no, and fault. It's, yeah, it's or, not their fault. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, and it's, I suppose um, it, it, it's up to them to whether they want to take the yes. responsibility or not and you can't, I suppose, put blame on the, the yeah. people that don't because in the end it's just a fun app that yes. some people just like to keep it that <laughs> just way. Just a bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and some of the issues that you go into – is, I think it's really important and I, I mean I loved your story the other day about when people post photos of their babies obviously that was more of a light-hearted one and it was so funny I was at my cousin's house last night and I was gonna post a picture I was like oh my god we're seeing dad a tomorrow I can't because this is her pet hate oh my goodness no okay so I love those things when but- I when I post those videos they're purely for humor I do it myself like half the time I do these things myself yeah. it's just that's comedy yeah, you know for sure people forget that mm. comedy is essentially making fun of something. It's not like I'm not like anti-babies. Babies sounds <laughs> like their last time I was always good. No. So then oh I, I love your stories like that. But then the more serious ones, some of them are ones that I have wanted to speak about and I haven't had the courage mm. to talk about. I personally have a fear of someone that I know who does that, seeing that and then being offended and oh, yeah. and talking about, you know, just when you just want to talk about the issue but then sometimes people can take it personally. Yeah. How do you deal with that internally? Because some of the stuff you speak about, you speak about plastic surgery, um, like face fillers and things a lot, which I think is a really important issue. Mm. Even drinking, you've spoken about yeah. drinking. Yeah. All of those things. How and do you remove like thinking about yeah, what someone else what is do, how, What's the thoughts in your, I suppose, your thought process before you do that? Um, I think my, my whole life has been based around or from a certain point based around doing what I want Mm. and not worrying about what people think. And I think that's why I have the audience that I do and I think that's why I've been successful um, because I've learnt to just not think about it because you can always stop yourself from doing something. Mm -hmm. If you really think about it, you can come up with an excuse for everything. So especially on my real account, like there are sometimes points where I'm like, this could offend someone but... But I think it's really fantastic. Yeah, that you still do it. I, Someone I, needs to. Yeah, I mean, I think Ricky Gervais is <laughs> comedian. If you don't know of him, um, but he always steps over the line. Mm, yeah, I don't step over the line as much as him, but he is such a successful comedian, and it's because people, most people, understand that comedy is taking the piss. Can I say piss? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've said shit and crap. Have I? Well, there you go. Shit, piss, crap. Jodie, thanks for having us. Sorry. I mean, thanks for having you. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ, I've forgotten how to speak. Um, we can cut that out if you're <laughs> um, Yeah. It, comedy is taking the piss, you know, yes. and, and that's why it's funny because people aren't used to laughing at things that make them go mm, a bit like, or should you be saying that? And then it's funny because you go, yeah, it's, that's good. That's yeah. a good joke. Yeah. But that's what comedy is. And a lot of people are like, that's not funny. That's mean. I love babies. Like, I- <laughs> <laughs> Some people got upset about that. I was like, but this is why it's funny because yeah. it's controversial. Yeah. Like that's what comedy is, mm-hmm. you know, to some degree or another. Have- um, that's why I excuse it because I'm like, it's, I'm not going to have a joke without offending someone. <laughs> of course. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever regretted something you've posted? Yeah, when I was younger. Yeah. Um, I think because you just don't have – you're not as educated as mm-hmm. it could be. Um, you're posting things without thinking about it and, yeah, I think 
anything I would have regretted has is now disappeared off the internet mm. or is so deep down in MySpace that it like, I don't even <laughs> know what MySpace is. Yeah, I couldn't even find my own if I tried. Um, but yeah, that that none of that is really up anymore. Anything that's up and is visible for me, I still want there. That's really admirable. <laughs> And if you could eliminate one thing from social media, so one thing that people were were able, or if it's a product or something mm. that people are able to talk about and showcase to young women that you think is probably not something that they should be and isn't being the best role model and just say that whatever this word was or whatever they did, the action, that when they started filming it, Instagram just blocked it automatically. Imagine. That would be fantastic. <laughs> what, what would that be? Oh, there's probably plenty. I can I say people putting themselves down because I still of see course. that. I still see people being like, "I look so fat today," or like saying really crap things about themselves, and I think that's so sad. And I mm. think that should not be happening at all. Yeah. And if you're thinking they, it, thinking on your own accord, don't post about it. Yeah. Do you think people post that though because they're trying to be real? I think that's such a it's mm. it's a really hard yeah. I, yeah you've got it's a, good a point. really fine line between people trying to be like probably not wanting to show people that they feel really good every day, mm. but then at the same time if you're putting yourself down and you do look like someone else's idea of perfect, then that can cause issues in itself. It's a hard one. Well, yeah, yeah. I think you've got a good point there. Um, I just think I can at least normally tell when it's to trying to be relatable or whether it's just self-destructive. Of course. Yeah, and I think you've just got to kind of come to your own conclusions with that sort of stuff. Um yeah, that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that answer question. though. No. It's a really good one. Um, and then you talk a lot about com- uh, comedy mm. and being a comedian and everything. Is that a, a, like something that you've thought you might get into more so than what you show on social media? I have. Um, oh, this is one of those things I make excuses for. I'm about to say it's hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but really, if I pursued it, I probably could. I think just... Um, the way that my style of comedy is, is, um, for example, when I make my funny videos, a lot of it really includes the angles that I'm holding the phone. People don't really realise, but the angles that I'm holding the phone, like um, the way that I will crop in or the, the where I'll cut the video off really makes a difference yeah. to the video. If my videos were all just one long, sorry, my, were all one long thing, and I held the camera here the whole time, it wouldn't have the same effect. So when I think about trying to move into, say, stand-up, which Ooh. I have thought about, mm. um, I don't know how I'd be able to convey Transition. my sense of humour. I, I don't know if I would be able to. I'd need to practice first. But I have thought about it. It's just like I think I'd prefer to do it on a TV show if anyone's listening out there. <laughs> <laughs> and stand-up comedy, I... My, I, I, but even when you hear stand-up comedians talk, they speak and they say that it's the most daunting oh, and yeah. scariest thing. And your confidence to be able to stand on stage and talk. And it, I think if you're bouncing off someone, it's different. But if you're mm. just talking for 15 minutes mm. straight. Mm. How? But yeah. you could do it. I think I could. I think it would be different. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the content would have to be a, a bit altered from what I kind of would do online, I yeah. think. 
I mean, yeah. I've seen you host things before and, and, and do things online um, outside of Instagram and you are so funny. Like oh. I'm waiting for someone to pick you up on either <laughs> Thanks, babe. radio or TV. I don't know how it hasn't happened. But you, you haven't done that many interviews and it's funny because I feel like some people might pigeonhole you into um, being that Mm. comedian, mm. you have so many opinions and, and so much emotion behind your thoughts and everything like that. I'm surprised that um, people haven't spoken to you more. And, and I mean, if it's if it's because you're very tight with who you select, <laughs> thank you so much. I am. I'm, this is a very exclusive living room <laughs> that we're filming in at the moment. Um, no, I, I have been reached out to buy a few podcasts. Mm. I've been really busy recently, yeah. if I'm being honest, and flying all over the place and, like, I just moved six – not six months ago. What am I saying? Like, three months yeah. ago. Um, so there's been a lot going on and I've been trying to f- – if I'm admittedly, I've been trying to focus on, like, paid work because I've been yes. locking in some really of great course. gigs and, like, for me, I've been trying to just build on that. So I guess that's why – um, I haven't done heaps of these, but also um, I, at the same time, haven't really been um, requested much. Well, maybe after this. Mm-hmm. Yes, everyone. I am well, available. We think that you are absolutely fantastic. And right. thank you for spending your Sunday afternoon with us. We appreciate it so much. Pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you guys so much for having me. You're the best. <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> <laughs> now get out of my house. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. We loved having Jade on and we hope that you guys loved listening to what she had to say. Before we go, we wanted to get some questions in from you guys. Um, we're going to pick one question per week for each episode. And today's question is from a girl called Rosie. Thank you so much, Rosie, for sending it in. How do you deal with monthly body fluctuations, usually around that period, and important events? That is a great question. And for a long time, I used to fight it mm. and think that I could change it. But now I accept it. I know personally when I get my period, I am midway through pregnancy, literally. <laughs> I, my, I get so, so, so bloated and I used to you know, think, oh, I shouldn't eat as much when I have it because I am going to get bloated. Mm. But now I just realise that my body changes and it's kind of cool that we get our periods because then we can have a baby and that's mm-hmm. we're, we're really lucky to be able to do that. Mm. And so just accepting it because it's something that we can't change. So there's no point putting too much energy into it. Yeah, and I'm totally on the same page. And I think, I think it took me being someone who... I was on the pill for a while and so I had, you know, I could skip my period when I wanted to and I had it when I wanted to and I felt I had all this control. And then when I wanted to kind of get my body into its natural, um, I don't know, monthly cycle, I got off the pill. Um, and it was then when I realised that I didn't actually have a regular period and I noticed I had polycystic ovaries and anyway, that was a whole journey in itself. But I didn't have my period for a year. So I think going through that and then now being in a position where I do get it regularly and I have I've got a regulated period, which is super exciting to me, um, I appreciate it. And I know that I am lucky and I know there's so many people who are like Absolutely hate their period. I mean, I think we can all say it's not a fun time of the month. I have to admit, I, I'm very, I'm very <laughs> grateful to get it, but I strongly dislike it. Oh, I think we all do, and I think that's something that's helped me accept things like the bloating or yes. you know the cravings that you get or the mood swings because you understand that everyone who's fortunate enough to have their period 
goes through that exact thing. And um, I'm the same as you, Lawsy. I wasn't always so okay mm. with, you know, the extra bloat or whatever. And I used to get so confused because kind of sometimes the weeks before your period, you're feeling like really good mm-hmm. and you might have been in a really good routine and then all of a sudden you've been eating so well and exercising so well and then you're just like all this water weight comes on and you don't understand why. And you why. crave a whole block of Cadbury <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> so I think, Rosie, basically just reminding yourself that you're not in it alone um, and that every girl literally has the same thoughts when they get their period and the same frustrations when, when they're bloated. So embrace it. <laughs> Love your body for, for every little bit of its... Um, monthly fluctuations. <laughs>